0: Elliot, how are you doing, man?
1: Yeah, I'm great. Um, thanks for having me on.
0: Very grateful to have you here, man. I'm, uh, I'm very excited, A poker mindset coach. You don't, you don't have a lot of these out, out in the world. So I'm very, very grateful to be able to talk to you, man.
1: Oh, man, again, just appreciated that you're interested. <laughs>
0: awesome. How are you holding up during this lockdown?
1: Yeah, everything here's fine. I'm over in Utah, in America, currently, Mm. and um, it's pretty safe. Um, Obviously, the lockdown's on. Shops are pretty much closed, except for grocery stores and restaurants and bars and things are all shut. But Mm. um, it's a quiet part of the world anyway. So um, it's not a scary time. It's just uh, a little bit more boring and lots of trips and things cancelled. But outside of that, um, I I really don't feel I'm in a place to complain if boredom's the worst thing going on.
0: Mm. Real talk, man and business how is business during this crazy times in the world
1: uh hasn't really impacted my business very much Mm -hmm. um still taking on new clients i i work with i mean you you mentioned the poker but i also work with a lot of business people i work with a lot of professional athletes Mm -hmm. um what i found is there's been a bit of an uptick on the business and some of the, the online poker side, hmm. um, and then obviously a downtick with the, the athletes. Lots of them will work with me for performance prior to events, and all of the events have been canceled, but it's balanced itself out.
0: Hmm. Interesting. I, I never thought about that, that obviously the events getting canceled and all the preparations of all these athletes are definitely impacting some professionals in their direct environment, obviously. Right?
1: yeah so i mean we had the olympics cancelled this year yeah so if you're working with olympians then uh, they, they don't have the same reason to be working with you for another 12 months yeah um so so yeah i mean it, it impacts in some ways um but i think because of the number of different industries i work in when one thing drops down i'm usually fortunate enough that something else is is booming at that same time and takes up the slack
0: mm. that's positive, at least uh, in these crazy times. It's good to hear some positive stories as well. Um, I'm curious if you go a little bit back, back in time, were you always the kid that was helping and mediating and fights and helping bullies and helping kids? And were you the go-to guy for, for all the kids in your class when there was like conflicts?
1: Um, Not so much on the conflict. I I think a lot of people over my history have used me as a pseudo counselor. Mm. I I think that's probably a role that I've played with a lot of friends Um, over the years. It was quite a natural thing for me to be doing. I find it very easy to listen to people. And that's, I I think, to some extent a skill, like a a naturally born skill. Mm. For me, hearing people's stories, hearing where they're at emotionally, has always been quite interesting. And I know for other people, it's terribly boring. Mm. So, you know, it it fit into the skill set of moving into this mindset, coaching, you know, kind of lifestyle. Um, But I can't say I was standing in the middle of fights, um, (laughs) Mm. appeasing the situation. Um, But certainly, you know, when it came to, you know, people struggling with emotional issues and things, it it wasn't rare for people to reach out.
0: Mm. And when did you thought, I could make some money off this shit?
1: well it started not really being a money thing at all Mm. Um, so I had a fear of flying that would stop me taking long-haul flights Mm. so there are a number of trips that I chose to not take because I just didn't want to sit on a plane that long um someone recommended a hypnotherapist I went to a hypnotherapist and she managed to resolve my issue in an hour um which was absolutely life-changing for me you know you can tell my voice i'm from england i'm living in america yeah Uh, it's something i you know i had never visited america prior to that point even though i'd been offered trips um purely because i wouldn't get on the plane i'd fly a short haul but i was very uncomfortable Mm. even on short haul flights because of that i decided to go and find the most comprehensive hypnotherapy course i could find which um was about a year long um went and took that hypnotherapy course thinking i was just going to have it as a bit of a i guess um like skill i could offer friends and family so Mm. someone struggling with a stress or an anxiety i would know this cool thing to be able to help them out and and that's how i viewed it i didn't see it as oh i'm going to become a hypnotherapist or a performance coach Mm. um got qualified started helping the friends and family they recommended friends because they were getting good results they recommended friends and then it started to grow into something that became more clear I should be moving in this direction. Um, Worked with a few not professional golfers, but people who were taking golf a bit more seriously and had some good results. Hmm. And a friend who worked in the poker industry started explaining how much money stress costs poker players. So sort of an idea that you know this tilt can potentially cost people a million dollars in a particular tournament. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, wow, I, I doubt there's anyone who specializes in hypnotherapy for Poker Players, which mm. at the time there wasn't. Um, so I just went on forums online and started offering free sessions um, to test the, the concept and see if it worked and see if it got traction. It, it did get traction. I got some good testimonials from people early on. And I saw that process again of clients recommending their friends. Um, My whole business has come basically from personal recommendation and not from advertising. So, you know, I've built it up over a decade, but almost none of the advertising I've ever done has had a particularly strong impact. When it comes to clients, nearly every client says, you worked with my friend. You helped him do this or that. Mm. I, w- I want to work with you. And, and that's how I sort of ended up in the high performance side of it. Um, and then because of the success I'd had in poker, the poker players know other athletes because lots of athletes play poker. The poker players know lots of business people. So the success in poker started to then sort of seep into other areas. And now I probably am around, I guess, 30% poker um 70 other bits and pieces
0: that's so interesting how you how life just takes you somewhere right that's incredible
1: yeah you sort of feel like once you get on the ride you just see where it takes you There's certainly, yeah. there wasn't a lot of planning involved
0: mm. so you it's pretty it's pretty incredible how you thought about hypnotherapy, that was that wouldn't be the first thing I would personally think about if I'm dealing with something like that. So were you just that open minded or were you just curious about what it could mean to you, what it could do to you?
1: Um, I actually, I, someone had recommended hypnotherapy in the past to me. Mm.
2: Um,
1: and then I saw an advert for a local hypnotherapist. Um, and there was a mentioning of fear of flying in it. And it was, you know, it was uncomfortable enough for me to get on a plane that the week before a vacation would be really stressful for me. Mm. And then the whole week on vacation would be stressful because I'd be scared of getting on the plane home. Mm. Um, so it, it was impacting my quality of life when it came to traveling pretty significantly. Um, and it, it's a very low risk reward, you know, go and try a hypnotherapy session. If it, were, if it doesn't work, who cares? If it does work, it changes my life. Um, you know so so that's a route I took and what was interesting for me was it brought up memories that I couldn't consciously remember that explained my fear of flying mm-hmm. and then I could speak to my parents and actually find out that those memories were true so that's the that was really the sort of the secret source of it that was where my real interest came that I found out some things were in my subconscious that made sense as to why I wouldn't want to fly. And then I could get the third party collaboration of, you know, yes, those things did happen. Hmm. And that that's what it made it feel like a very special process to me and why I got so interested.
0: Wow. And what was you expecting when you went out and reached out to poker players? What was your initial idea of what a poker player is what he does?
2: Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, I didn't have very much experience with the poker industry at all when I mm. started so I could barely play um, So, you know enough to play with friends In an evening, but yeah. you know, no no real skill. I knew the rules and I could lose money playing effectively. Yeah um, <laughs> You know and I didn't I didn't really have too much of a preconceived notion I I knew it was online players who would likely be working with me first Hmm. That was my guess. Um, so I, I figured it would probably be maths type kids who were struggling with their emotions. And, and that's what it, you know, in the early days, it, it turned to be people who, they, they had some anxiety issues. They were highly intelligent. Certainly the online guys, that was a theme that I saw very, you know, a lot of online. If you're a professional online poker player, it's not rare that you're a very intelligent person. Hmm. Um and then the anxiety was a big one and, and then things changed a lot live players are obviously there's a sort of a different market especially when you're in the mid stakes with live versus mid-stake online players and then when you get to the highest stakes of live um you're really dealing with some sort of quite incredibly intelligent people yeah you've reached those those sort of those highest stakes and that's been really interesting for me to deal with over the years of it, re- building this network of very impressive people who um yeah make make me feel a bit stupid all day when I speak to them to be honest mm. um, but it's it's definitely interesting seeing just how much raw power some of these people have with their minds and you know it's, it's I'm very fortunate to be able to talk to people like that.
0: Mm. Absolutely. It's funny how I've, um I've been pretty deep in poker before I got into coaching and I've mm-hmm. played professionally for like two or three years. I did okay, not great, but you know, enough to uh, make an okay living out of it. And a couple of my friends just went off and into the stratosphere and pl- playing millions in Macau. And you, you you can always see it in them that uh, they have such a extreme insight in every aspect of life and they learn things so quickly, but they also have what you say, um, certain everybody has some underlying anxiety that's always there with them uh, in life in poker and everything that they do there's this underlying anxiety that they kind of push away with this almost like a poker mentality that trickles down in regular life right Uh, that poker face that that cold cold cold-hearted attitude almost right Uh, very rigid and rationalizing everything is that is, is that a
1: lot of logic yeah i mean it, it, again it's sort of it varies with the people mm. in terms of like where they are because i've worked because i've done it for a decade in poker mm. i've probably worked with a thousand poker players maybe more over the years um i definitely see these, these sort of different different issues for different levels. Mm. So the low stakes online grinder, the mid stakes live guy, the the, the sort of guys that you're talking about, you know, they, they've made it to Macau, and they're playing million dollar pots. Mm. Um, when you say the anxiety, definitely everyone has issues in every part of the game. But what I would say is that also in everyday life, and when I'm working with athletes, or when I'm working with business people, or Wall Street traders, um, all of those people have issues as well and anxieties, mm. and I think there's this there's sometimes a bit of a risk of assuming that because someone's successful they've got everything together,
2: mm.
1: whereas usually it's someone successful um, because they're an expert in one area and they're successful in that area. Yep. But usually, I, I haven't come across many people in my life, in my business, including myself, who in every part of their life have everything nailed down. Mm. It, you know, there's always it's like one of those video game character charts, you know, you, you put an awful lot of effort in one area, you know, you build the strength, but it it might affect something else.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So you could have worked with homeless people, you could have worked with refugees, you could have worked with um, masculinity coaching, but what is it that attracted you with high performance in these high stress environments?
1: um a big part of it is me enjoying being part of a story
0: Hmm.
1: so for me um what i get out of my my job right now is definitely much more linked to seeing someone go from point a to point b and having wild success sort of the the change from prior to working with me to after working
2: with me Hmm.
1: so that's the that's the that's the enjoyment i get from my day-to-day job um and that leads to wanting to work with high performance. So I'm not necessarily, yes, it's great if I work with someone who's overweight and they lose some weight, mm. but it's not exciting for me in the same way as helping someone become number one in the world or whatever they're doing. Mm. And I've been lucky enough to have a number of people in a number of different things become number, literally become number one. Um, and that is just so much fun to be involved in that um that i i can't imagine really ever wanting to move away from high performance because it's just it's just such an enjoyable process
0: Hmm. i can imagine man that's very relatable that being part of something historic almost right that's that's addictive almost that's just you just you just want you see that energy that somebody has you see the story that they're part of you just kind of want to be close to them right
1: yeah and feel like you're playing a part in yeah um so i mean i had last week i had one um have you followed the galfon challenge at all
0: definitely yeah Uh, i loved it so
1: so phil's one of my clients um and again it's like i was able to be a part in another one of these ridiculous stories mm. so you know that that will probably be the biggest story this year i'm guessing that yeah. I'll get involved in. Estimate. I, I, Estimate. It's, it's just yeah you think um, but it's just so much fun to be involved in something like that and seeing it from the inside and you know I, I, it's impossible to put a number on how much percentage help the mindset gave but mm. i would assume especially with the way that particular challenge went, mindset was a pretty important piece Yeah. Um, to, to the success in that challenge. And as I say, it's it's that being able to be close to it, following it from the inside, helping where I can. Um, it's just a lot of fun. And that's when I would say to people, like, I would do my job for free, definitely. If I win the lottery, I'll still be doing my job, just looking for more of these stories to be a part of because it's something... It's an experience you can't buy
2: hmm. um,
1: you know like i've been at ufc fights where i've had guy like people fighting for the belt and things like that like that it's so much more fun when you're personally invested in the story
0: hmm. definitely definitely so tell me about that phil galfond situation what is it exactly that you do for him that He asks of you. What is it exactly that you played the part within that process, the historic comeback that he had?
1: So I'm obviously just a mindset coach. So everything I'm looking to do is looking for anything that's suboptimal in the soft skills of poker Mm -hmm. and helping the player make sure they have those bases covered. So the really basic side of this is how you arranging your sleep how you're arranging your breaks what does your diet and nutrition look like um when are we using caffeine during the sessions are we choosing to use caffeine during the sessions
2: mm-hmm.
1: um exercise mindfulness so that's one part of it is creating the sort of the soft skill structure so i'm not telling you how to play a hand i've got no idea how you mm-hmm. should be i can't comment on that however we can look at how a player has created their routine and look if that's the most rational routine of success for them so that's the first part and the second part is as you get under stress in a poker downswing um it, it would usually bring up um emotions it's going to bring up some anxiety it's going to bring up self um uh, issues about you know self-worth those sorts of things mm. and that's more of the hypnotherapy side where we're looking at what's being triggered we're trying to work through those deeper issues. And then in this case, um, with this challenge, and I'm, I'm fortunate, I, I did a, he was kind enough to do a mindset interview with me, um, which is coming out on Friday. Awesome. So, um, I, so I know what I can share because it's coming out on Friday.
2: Hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but we worked, we worked very hard on um, each day, it being a case of him getting himself into a zone where he's just playing hands of poker and solving the hand and moving to the next one and trying to remove it from the narrative of how far down he is or on the comeback, how close he is to making a comeback. Mm. So removing the longer-term picture and just getting into the present each session to, okay, I've got this many big blinds, he's got this many big blinds, what's the best decision to make in this hand? Mm. Move to the next, move to the next. And um, that, that was a key part
0: of it. So you just make it as small as possible so it doesn't uh, lose itself in the impossible task that was at hand, basically.
1: Yeah, so instead of focusing on, oh my goodness, I'm down X amount of money, I yeah. can come back, all of the stress, you just turn it into, if this was a hand history, would you be able to solve this hand? What would you tell a student?
2: Hmm. Okay,
1: so just treat every hand as if you're solving a hand history and move to the next one. And if you can get someone who's highly skilled, get into a flow state and stay in the present and just be solving hands, it's actually a pretty substantial advantage to have over someone else who's not doing that same process
0: yeah definitely yeah that makes a lot of sense so when he was in that dancing and he was just losing and losing and it was it just looks it just looked like he you know maybe his great days were behind him right maybe uh he got a little bit old the young guys are coming up they got all these new tricks and he was just getting beat every this session. It was it was really hard to watch to be honest. But the confident that he, you know he, he every time he came out with a lot of confidence and he, he kept on trusting himself and his ability to come out of this. And how much does it affect you when you help someone like this and you're part of a process, but he keeps on losing? Does there is there a moment where you feel like you're losing?
1: Uh, i i definitely feel connected to their results um to some extent i want to see success for my clients but mine comes much more down to i feel it's a loss if they stop doing what they're supposed to do hmm. so in in phil's case i think the key moment of that challenge was him being able to say i need to take a break now i'm willing to pay three thousand dollars a day to take a break hmm. And I'm going to decide if I need to continue or not, but I'm going to step aside. And if people want to criticize me, that's fine. I'm just doing what's right. Like, I think that was the key moment that allowed the swing to take. Hmm. Um, so where it would be more of a concern is if I'm watching a client and let's say he stopped doing all of his routines, he stopped exercising, he started getting no sleep because he was so stressed, started changing up his game in a way that made no sense, that would feel much more of a personal failure than the variants going against them. Hmm. So it would be more of a case of if I saw saw the routines we've put in place or being broken, that's where I would have a much bigger concern. Hmm.
0: That makes a lot of sense. So At the end, obviously, he makes the most legendary comeback. It's mind blowing. Everybody was losing their minds at home. Um, Were you following that closely? Were you really involved at the end? You were like, God, yes, fuck, yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It it was a fun day. Hmm. That was it was ridiculous. The last day was just completely ridiculous. Um, In honesty, in my mind, i had reached a stage with the challenge with the level of comeback that had happened prior to the last day hmm. i actually felt phil had won
2: um, hmm.
1: whether he won or not you know coming back from effectively what would have been a i think a 1.2 million dollar loss yeah um coming all the way back to if on the last day he loses and he loses the two hundred thousand side bet um, not ideal, but I feel like it was a moral victory whatever happened on that last day of hope. Yeah. Um, but then for it to play out in the, in the way that it did um, yeah, it was just quite incredible to watch. Hmm. Um, especially with him coming back within the session and it looking like it was over for an hour or so and him grinding it back again in the same way that he'd ground it back over the two weeks and and then the final hand. I mean, it was just incredible
0: so to be a part of and watch yeah another one of your clients uh, testimonials that i read on your website is uh, fedor holes uh yeah. this guy had one of the most legendary runs in poker history i don't think anybody ever came close to what he achieved and i don't think anybody's coming close soon it's just, everything every tournament he touched he just it was mind-blowing Everything that he touched turned to gold. Every tournament that he was in, he was at least getting to the final three or four. Everybody was terrified of this guy. How is it to coach someone like that who just cannot lose?
2: Well,
1: before he started working with me, he hadn't won.
0: Mm.
1: So we started before that run. Um. And that's another one of those stories i was describing like being a part of a story like that mm. um so i think we started in working in the november of oof, i can't, remember, I can't even remember what year it is now of that mm. first year and in the december he um he won a Bellagio tournament that was his first high stakes tournament that he'd won um, i think it was a triton and then from that point forward he just went on this run that, like you say this hugely historic run yeah um and it it was it was really exciting to be a part of and again like feeling like this the edge that having a more finely tuned mindset can have sort of the edge that that can generate for a player over the field and he's an exceptionally talented player yeah but it was something where i felt he was putting a level of effort into his mental game that at the time certainly the majority of the other players at that level weren't doing the amount of mindset work he was Hmm. and i like to feel that i played a big part of that story of him becoming one of the most successful players in the world and then retiring um because he felt he'd just beaten poker
0: yeah i mean there was not really like what could he do what what else was there to do for right it's yeah but it it showed. It really showed in his case. He's one of the most stable guys I've ever seen play. It was such a presence, such a peacefulness that he he carried himself with so much. It wasn't even confidence. It was just a, a, a presence. He had a certain presence. It's very interesting yeah, to see him play. He's like twenty
1: three or twenty four. Yeah.
0: It's just um, a baby. He it was a baby, man.
1: Yeah. Very impressive to see that he was able to sort of get himself in that state, um you know, at that sort of age. But again, incredibly talented individual. Yeah. Um, but just fun to be able to do like a little bit of fine tuning, which then has outsized helps with outsized results.
0: Hmm. Awesome. One more poker player I wanted to talk about was just such a, in, a incredible guy. This Scott Blumstein. Alright. <laughs> yeah. oh, but- this guy won so much money, it's, it's ridiculous. But tell me a little bit about that process. When did you start working with it? Was it around the final table or was it way before that?
1: No, no. So that one was literally the final table. Wow. So um, I'd worked with one of his friends in the past and he got to the final table and he was having, you know, she had said that he was having some uh, stress issues around it. Obviously, it's a big moment and um, they reached out and asked if i would work with him for the final table and it was at the time where there was a few days i can't remember how many but there was a bit of time between when you found out you're on the final table and, and the final table i think it was one or two days yeah um so we did sessions on those days and then we did sessions before each each day and then on the last day i, I drove out to vegas and we did an in-person session because most of my is online um for the the final day of the final table and hmm. yeah we we're lucky enough to um to be with scott when he won the main event oh my god that that was a crazy day yeah really crazy day that was a lot of fun
0: yeah this is wow and for you does that amount of money that's at stake impact the way you think the way you work with someone
1: it it doesn't change the sessions in any way um it makes it more exciting for me to be Hmm. So obviously, if there's $10,000 for first place versus $8 million, it's much more exciting to be involved in the, with the client who's playing for $8 million. Hmm. Um, but the process of the focus, the hypnotherapy, the the working on confidence, the, that, that same process I was describing with Phil of each hand is just a hand to solve. We don't want to look at the bigger narrative of there being $8 million. We just want you solving the hand as best you can and moving to the next one Mm. um as we sort of yeah work on it with those in those sorts of games that's where we see those um we see them playing better because if they can truly play that way and disconnect even some percentage from from the money most people at the table aren't disconnected and they're freaking out inside Mm. because there's eight million dollars up top and it's a lot of money Yeah, and a little bit of extra control makes a big difference in your decision making process. So it's all about just trying to create an edge, a mindset edge over the opponents. And you only have to be better than them. You don't have to be perfect. You just Mm. have to be better than, if you deal with it better than your opponents do, then you're going to have a substantial chance.
0: Mm. Man, that was incredible to work with these guys. And especially in those times of their life, the highlights of their life, it's Pretty, pretty amazing, pretty amazing run you had, and you're still young, right? You're still a young guy, but you already had a pretty amazing run with these guys. Uh, tell me about T.J. Dillashaw. What's the difference when working with a poker player in that environment and working with someone who's about to beat someone to death? Like, what, what for you? What is the difference? Um,
1: the um. I mean, I I had a background in MMA. It was normal mm. for me like so there's not a big like oh my goodness they're fighting that was just you know something a world does around a bit um ironically the actual process is very similar making sure someone's focused on what's happening they're not getting overcome by emotion not becoming over overcome for the situation so tj i worked with for for one fight and they brought me in specifically because he had a change of opponent within mm. 48 hours of the fight um so they just his opponent got injured during the weight cut and they said we need you to fight this other guy on short notice and he's trained for a completely different type of fighter and it was to make sure that he could still perform at his best when this bizarre situation had been thrust upon him and um and yeah and and in that situation he he did that fight and uh, managed to get the win and and we retained the belt and things so it's fun i mean one thing with the fighting is and over the years I've, I've been doing less and less work with professional fighters because you know you were saying about what does it feel like if you see your client losing money
2: hmm.
1: um it's one thing watching a client lose some money especially you know most of the clients i'm working with the win or loss in an individual session or or tournament doesn't really in fact impact their life yeah but in fighting you can see people get really really hurt and potentially have life-changing injuries yeah and that that's not as fun for me to be involved in and you know even if they do well they might be giving someone else a life-changing injury yeah exactly you know so i've actually sort of withdrawn a bit i'll work with old clients in fighting but i've actually turned down a number of opportunities to work with new fighters because I just don't. It's it's just part of my transition as a person. I think we're learning more and more about CTE and the impacts of concussion, and mm. I, I I don't want to be as much of that. Certainly over the next five years, I I would assume that most of the guys I'm working with will have retired, and I won't be playing science in the fighting world from from how I view things now. And unless the science changes, but I don't think the chance science will change in a way that says um, concussions are okay
0: no i feel you i feel you i've uh had a similar situation where uh somebody was involved in some s- shady business and i just didn't really want to be a part of that i didn't feel right yeah i just you know i love I, I love everybody i want to help everybody but i just don't feel like i want to help improve your situation if you're doing shady things that i'm not i can't support this like i can't stand behind that so the end goal um, if i'm not you know committed to y- getting you towards a certain goal, and I, I, I don't think with this can work, right? Really a personal, yes, yeah, it has to be personal in a way.
1: Yeah, you've got to want to see the win. And again, in poker, obviously, winning money. Yeah. But in, as I say, it, it didn't used to bother me at all earlier in my career, but as more and more things have come out about CTE and over the years, I've seen unfortunately not my clients but i've seen other fighters starting to age and the impact that it's had on their speech and mm. people i'd seen before and you're watching them speak now and they're struggling i just you know i, I don't know that i want to play a big part in that anymore
0: mm. I, I respect it man that's you know part of being real being authentic i think that's very important you know stand for for what you believe in so i would say that hearing these stories and hearing what you've did for these guys and the impact that you had in their lives, you would be the perfect spokesperson to get that poker market back in action in America, right? You would be (laughs) the guy to say, Hey, um, we need to get this thing back up, man. People are waiting for it.
1: I mean, the, the is in America, it's a, um, it's a lobbyist country, mm. so you know there's been a lot of money spent by casinos to to make online poker. And while that lobby money is being given to the politicians, it's probably not going to change. And as soon as that lobby money stops, it will change. Mm. Um, so uh, yeah, I think I think realistically, that's the biggest sticking point is the money that was coming across from from Sheldon um, into the lobby groups. And we just got to see. I'm more hopeful now. I think COVID may actually change things slightly, hmm. um, because the you know the states will be looking for the money that was coming from casinos, but the casinos are closed. And also, I think there's going to be, it's going to be hard with live poker for a while, because I can't imagine a better place to spread that virus than the World Series main event.
0: Yeah yeah
1: i mean everyone's stuck next to each other passing cards back and forth and passing chips and yeah. i i mean it so i'm hopeful that, that this will sort of make some politicians think about you know what really are the dangers of there being poker versus people going and sitting next to each other and i think it'll be a few years till we're back to normal again with the way people will view personal safety and hygiene and things after this um yeah i think enough people will have been impacted in some way or another with friends or family members you know having issues through the virus that um people are going to respond differently moving forward
0: mm. yeah i hope so i hope you know that these things actually are going to create the change that we want um mm. I'm, I'm pretty hopeful though i'm pretty hopeful i think uh, things are looking up Already seeing, you know, people be kinder to each other, more patient.
1: Um, yeah, I think it's going to be good for society overall. Yeah, um, but you know, who knows? So I think, but as I say, my gut feeling is it's going to be a very tough year or two, mm-hmm. and then we'll see some substantial change in what's important to people and how many people work from home and how necessary it is to travel all the time. And yeah, yeah, you know, hopefully there'll be some some positives coming out of it. Last year.
0: Mm, definitely. So lastly, I want to talk a little bit about business because we've spoken about, you know, people who work towards these major moments, these life-changing moments, a fight, a poker tournament, um, a big poker session, a big comeback. But what would you say is different when you coach someone who's just living life day by day, making these important decisions maybe even 40 or 50 a day if they're a ceo in a big company uh, and they're constantly in these positions of life-changing moments right just working 12 hours a day running a major company or being an entrepreneur or being an investor uh, they don't really have these championships right every day is basically a a win or lose yeah
1: um a lot of my work's very similar in that i believe usually the things holding people back from making the best decisions are fear of failure fear of success and self-sabotage linked to one of those Mm -hmm. so you know with the ceos of those companies we'll be looking at you know what is it where is it that they know they're holding themselves back because almost everyone if you say to some whatever industry you're in so if you think about you know your own situation Um, have a think about whoever is number one in your industry Hmm. and what do they do that makes them number one and create that so you start putting this list together of okay they do these events they make this many calls they do this this, and then match up your own behavior and how many of those things that you actually do almost always there'll be a discrepancy the person who's the top in your industry will be doing more than you in those different areas or they'll be doing it differently. Um, That means you actually know what you need to do to be number one in an industry, but there's some kind of self-sabotage holding you back from doing what you know you need to do. And that's a process that I'll run through with these clients um, because it doesn't matter if it's poker if it's fighting, if it's stock market, whatever else, there's always someone they're looking up to and trying to emulate. And they always, in almost every instance, the client has been aware of things that person they're looking to emulate is doing that they're choosing to not do mm. and that's just a starting point really
0: so that's just a starting point but that's already a lot of work right they've already done a lot to get there
1: yeah so so they usually people who are coming to me i would say they're normally to top 100 trying to break the top 10 in the world mm. or top 10 trying to get to number one So they've done a lot, but it's that small refining, that understanding, that little bit of self-sabotage, holding them back from doing these final things that stops that final jump up. And we just need to do that fine tuning so that 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 last piece of the puzzle can be hit. And in most activities, you know, there's a huge difference financially from being top number one in the world to being top 10 or being top 10 versus top 100. Just dramatic financial differences. Hmm. Um, so, if you can help someone just move up a few places, it, it might have, you know, multiples literally, multiples on their income from from making that small amount
0: of extra. Hmm. Definitely. I can imagine. That's an in- interesting bunch of guys. Can you, can you tell me one crazy poker story that you've been a part of, that you got involved in? Just trying to think.
1: I mean, I think I think we covered the craziest ones. <laughs> mm. <laughs> the, the the main event win, the Phil galphon thing, that all. I mean, um,
0: you never gambled. You never got sucked in in the oh, gambling ter- situation. Oh,
1: in terms of me doing. Yeah. Cover, I mean, I just i i keep my poker very sensible. Like, I'll play for fun one two in Vegas, and I'm very I'm not great, um, which is hilarious considering the people I work with. But I just. Um, Yeah, I I understand the level of work it takes to be great at poker
2: Hmm.
1: and um, I'm very aware of where my skill set is and I want to be the best coach I can possibly be Hmm. and if I invested the time I needed to be the best poker player I could be, I I couldn't be the best coach and as I said, the only thing for me that's the fun part of my job and one of the most fun things in my life outside of my kids and family is this creating these stories and being a part of it, Hmm. so yeah, unfortunately, man, I'm boring, and
2: <laughs> that's
1: the yeah. Like I, I stay away from from that stuff, and like I play a part in the story and move to the next story and try and help someone else. And mm. yeah, that's that's really been a, I mean, I guess yeah, like that. That's been a big part of it. The biggest thing has just been the stories of multiple people having this huge success. Mm. Like, I had the super high roller I had Brian Rast win it, and then I had Federal come second in it. Yeah. And then I've had Daniel DeVores work with me before he won it as well. I think there's been six and three of them, clients working with me at the time of one. Oh, sorry, one or came second. Yeah. Um, so those sorts of things, it's those sorts of stories rather than the fun ones. So, yeah, sorry to be boring, but yeah that's that's what my life looks like no that's
0: beautiful i mean yeah you, you're you're having all the fun but none of the risk that's beautiful none right? of yeah, yeah. i guess it, i guess
1: you're part of the story but i don't have to um, worry about the million dollar down yeah
0: not gonna happen that's great man uh thank you so much man is there anything you want to leave us with before we get up out of here
1: Uh no well thanks for listening and um you know if anyone has any questions or anything i'm on twitter you know feel free to give me a follow and reach out
0: Absolutely, man. At Elliot Row and uh, Elliotrow.com, You can find his podcast over there and you can check out his coaching. And maybe by any chance, if you're a rich guy, you need to move up your mindset. You can check out his coaching services as well. Uh, thank you so much, Elliot, man. It's been an honor and it's been a, been a blast, man, to hear these stories from you uh and uh, i hope we can do this uh sometime again man when the world is a little bit more uh, active <laughs> in I sports and pork yeah <laughs> when things are happening again <laughs> you
1: yeah, know well, appreciate you having me on and you know hit me up and jump on
0: again absolutely man thank you so much elliot stay you safe you so peace